Welcome, everyone, to another Change Your Game with GTD podcast. Uh, our goal in these podcasts is to support you in getting a little more done with a little less stress, utilizing the getting things done or GTD methodology. I'm here, as always, with Todd Brown. Hello. Hey, Todd. And today, just as we were you know, getting ready to to go on air, as it were, and, and decide what we wanted to, to talk about or what felt uh, sort of current and in the air to address, I, maybe that's a better way to put it, um, is that it seems like a lot of people right now are sort of working on their systems, their tooling, as it were. Uh, we're all kind of, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. We're trying to figure out sort of what's what's next, sometimes personally, professionally, globally, frankly. Um, and we all know that having good systems and having good tools can help us be prepared for whatever for whatever comes. At the same time, uh, we often, as um, as coaches and trainers, uh, people sort of digging into the detail with people about what their systems really look like, find that people sometimes tend to overbuild. They actually tend to go a bit far with the ways in which uh, they're trying to utilize technology or they're trying to uh, develop systems in either addition to or based on just their understanding of GTD um, that might be a bit complex, frankly. So, um, Todd, I'm just curious as an opener here, what's what's been your experience with that? Is there are there are there patterns? Are there certain types of people that gravitate toward building or overbuilding systems? Is it a common occurrence? Is it rare? What's what's been your experience with people in building or overbuilding their GTD systems? Yeah, I, I think I think what I'd say is I've I've seen a lot of it and I've done a lot of it over the years. Um, you know, I'm I'm an IT guy by by background. Uh, you and I share that and for many, many years, I was just attracted to the tools, right? And so I sometimes call it, and I still do, uh, feature chasing. You know, there's that feature that they've just announced in the marketing for, you know, XY, XYZ uh, software. And boy, does that sound cool. And I've got to have that as part of my system. And and I think in many cases, what ends up happening in those uh, situations is that by chasing the feature, just because on the face of it, it sounds really cool, um, we end up uh, not really thinking fundamentally about how is this really going to help in my system? What what role does it play? Does it really, does it replace something I've already got, which is, you know, not as efficient or effective? If so, fine. Does it, does it provide me with a new feature that I haven't had before? And I can sort of figure out within the GTD methodology, you know, where that's, where I expect it's going to help, right? Is that, is that the kind of thing that's going on? Um, so yeah, I think, uh, and to your question about who's drawn to it, you know, again, I think anybody who's enthused by the technology per se, I, I think is at risk of this. And I'm, I'm not saying, you know, being being enthused by the technology is necessarily a bad thing, but I think that sometimes that enthusiasm, it can get in the way of, of effective implementation of some of this stuff. So I, I you know, Christmas is coming. I'm not. I'm not trying to be the Grinch here, but at the same time, um, I think a little bit of careful consideration of, a little bit of careful consideration of what's, uh, what is this really going to do for me is, is quite a helpful way to look at it. I don't know. What do you reckon? No, I think that's. I think that's really true, and I can also put my hand up to, to that. And come on, you know, we all wish we could say, you know, hey Siri, do my weekly review for me. Right? <laughs> 
<laughs> right? Brilliant, yeah. You know, I, I, hey, Alexa, process my inbox to zero, you know. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, there is there is a, a little bit between point A and B that is, that is our own brains. Um, and I do find, too, people that are paid to think about systems, project, anything from project managers to IT people, um, you know, really anyone that's seen the value and there's, and as you say, there's huge value and a lot of, a lot of the features of technology are totally revolutionary, game changing and amazing. We just haven't found necessarily that, 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 that in any way eliminates the, the fundamental thought process necessary to identify desired outcomes and next steps in order to, in order to really orientate yourself effectively. Um, so as I was thinking, and as you were talking, I, I was thinking that of all the kind of disciplines of IT, all the different parts of the stack, as it were, people sometimes call it, you know, the different components of building out software and systems. I think probably the most useful discipline to consider when considering your own personal productivity system is that of user experience. You know, and, and I think um, very often, I know I, can tend to accept. They call it. They call it anhedonically adapting, which just means you, just means you're putting up with, <laughs> basically over time, something that's not really working for you, but you've kind of resigned to it. Um, but I can certainly have been guilty of of just you know adapting to suboptimal things, and not really thinking about myself as a user and what's my experience been. You know, is this is this what I'm doing is, am I creating friction for myself? Am I creating, um, you know, the fact that I've got to click a lot more times to get something in or take something out? Is it really worth it? Is it really worth it for me to do all of those clicks? Is it helping me with that fundamental thing of feeling like I can trust my choices? Um, so that was, that was interesting just as, as you were talking to kind of go, well, yeah, it's not database design, you know, it's not, you know, um, it's not out, you know, in, intense AI algorithms. It's really, you know, is it intuitive or not? Is it, is it simple to use? Is it straightforward to use? Is, has been my experience of, of when people are most successfully not overbuilding. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you have any war stories on overbuilding. Like, do you have any um, situations where someone just totally tried to, assimilate themselves into the Borg, you know, and <laughs> go, go full RoboCop with GTD or just full curious what you've seen out there by way of overbuilding, you know. Happy to share, but I think, uh, you know, any of you out there who managed to use the phrase anhedonic ad adaptation in conversations over the next little while, please do email us and let us know. I think you get extra points, extra points for that. Um, yeah, ab absolutely. Um, I, I I go back to one of the very first coachings that I ever did uh, way back when, and it was uh, it was uh, somebody who just loved the tools and boy the tools and and all of the tools were incredibly full of of things right and and you know in in, in kind of rolling back the logic that he had to a, to the extent that he used logic here. Um, that he had used to sort of create a system, it was pretty clear that what he what he had done is he'd taken new tools that he thought were really cool and neat. And so, you know, sometimes these were desktop based things or web based things or mobile based things, and sometimes they synced and sometimes they didn't. And yeah. And and what he hadn't really done, um, and and he believed in his heart that he could make this all work somehow, right? Um, but 
the, the, but his, his own experience, back to your point about user experience, his own experience of it was anything but friction-free, right? His own experience was, it just took a long time to do everything, right? And because the system was so complex, his, his ref, what we would call the reflect phase, right? So his interaction with the system and the way that he used it and the way that he, uh, the way that he trusted it or not to remind him when it was helpful to be reminded about things that was that had fallen apart really in a lot of ways. So going back to your point about um, I'm not using your word, but, you know, quite often I find, especially if, if, if I'm working with somebody who's brand new to GTD um, and it's not really clear what the what the right structure is, right, of, of, a, of a GTD system, let's say, I'll start really simple. Right. Let's have let's have a projects list. Let's have a waiting for list. Let's have uh, uh, an agendas list. Right. So a list of things I need to discuss with people, probably a someday maybe list. And then and then a fifth list that we'll just call actions. Right. So five lists. Uh, and then, you know, for those of you who are experienced GTDers out there in the in, in the audience, you know, you'll you'll probably uh, recollect that we generally speaking, um, end up with your next actions being broken down by what we call context, right? So where the action happens. Is it a phone call? Is it something I do with my computer? Is it something I can do out and about when I've just got my phone with me? These kinds of things. Um, but what I find quite often is helpful is, is start, at, start at the really simple level of, no, no, they're all just next actions. And then as I work with the person as, and as the system becomes, you know, as, as the contents of the system become more, more full, as more things, as more things get, get added to the system, then it's almost, it, it's really interesting to watch. It's almost as if very naturally the contexts appear, right? They, because all of a sudden, okay, well, the list is getting quite big. Uh, you know, if you're talking about a list of 25 or 30 things, it's going to be really hard to interact with that, you know, interact with that um, as productively maybe as you'd like to. Let's talk about within this list of 25 or 30 things, can you see any subdivisions? And most people very quickly will go, well, you know what? All of those things are things that really just primarily relate to my personal life. I'd like to be reminded about those when I'm at home. There you go. We've got a home list, right? So, um, so stripping it back and, and, you know, again, for those of you who are out there and who are feeling like my, you know, my system's overbuilt, too many apps, too many lists, too many, whatever, you might want to start over and just keep it really simple. Go back to the, go back to the basics and let your own, um, and let the contents of your system inform its structure. That's such a great point. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would call it organic, right? You know that that the system becomes or, organic and and very practical. Mm -hmm. Whereas what I see sometimes is people, um, well, people getting a bit conceptual, right, and and a bit abstract about it. You know, you you saying, you know, for for example, you know, believing in your heart that this complicated system, you know, will will do it. It's like, yeah, it's it's, you know, it ought to work. It ought to all work this way. It ought to, you know, be this incredible, complex, fancy, fancy thing. But the practical reality, I think, often um, can be can be very, very different. Um, so I think that's that's a really, really good point. I think we are, at least, it, it, our style, our approach is pretty ruthlessly practical. I would say, you know, when we go in with people and we and we coach them, we go, "How are we going to give you the relief you need?" Rather than, you know this this ought to work or this should work or this seems like a great a great idea or a concept 
And one of the things I come back to with all of that is, you know, concepts kind of need to be sort of propped up over time, whereas practical things that work, you just don't as much. I mean, you have to, you have to support your system so your system can support you. But it's almost like you don't want that to become a, a dysfunctional relationship, you know, like where where you're supporting your system more than your system is supporting you because you've got this idea of how it ought to be and you're working hard to make that idea happen rather than getting back the practical benefit um, of of implementing simple, simple things. So I love that you that you just go right back to next actions and are they clear? Are they simple? Are they self-evident? And what are the real practical categories for you of where that, where you want to see that list, where you want to see that happen? And I think sometimes people think that, you know, going back to basics is is sort of elementary and therefore unsophisticated or something. Um, but in some way, our brains are incredibly sophisticated, but in some ways they're really not at all. I think we got to recognize that, you know, that in the heat of a crazy, crazy week full of back-to-back -back meetings, you don't want 12 buttons to push and six dials to twiddle and whatever for it to try and spit out the perfect next action. You need simple, straightforward marching orders, you know, almost. And and only you can set up those marching orders beforehand to make it really, really simple. I'm amazed sometimes how many managers who are really good at managing other people, really good at creating operational clarity for everyone around them. Oh, here's where we're going and here's what it looks like and here's what success looks like. Sometimes then, you know, overcomplicate over their own approach to the whole thing because they are so focused on strategy and, and abstract kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's such a good point that you, that's really bringing it back to basics. Um, and it's tricky sometimes, too, right? I mean, some of the people that I find their systems are most overbuilt are people who have been largely kind of self-taught. Um, and, and, you know, I've definitely found some things that are working for them that are cool and custom, but, um, but also in that process, I think have, have, um, uh, potentially strayed from just the ruthless practicality of, is this still working? You know, is this still working? That, yeah. That, do you know, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to, I was just interested in, in your own, you know, your own journey too, about, you know, are there times when you've caught yourself with an overbuilt thing and like, what did you look for? Or how did you know? If you ever rolled something back and went, I'm, you know, that that seems like a good idea, but actually, that was terrible. That that made my relationship to my system worse. Do you have any? Uh, I wonder if you have any of those. Yeah, sure. I, you know, one one thing that uh, occurs to me was, um, so, I, 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 you know, I've I've done so many systems over the years, and I think it's been it's been a, it's been in some ways a really enlightening journey. You know, at the very beginning, uh, I I kept everything in an electronic mind map. Okay, this is going back a long way, um, and and it was not very long, but and everything was in there, all the context and all the projects and all the project support material, it was all in there, and this was back in the days when you know uh, it was pretty pretty easy to overload a PC, and I knew I was in trouble when, you know, I would load this mind map and you know smoke would rise from my from my desktop pc oh, bad, but it was sort of in that direction you know you could just hear the processor going help me help me so i moved on from that and i decided i was just going to go i was going to go paper and i did that for a while just just well of course with you know a digital calendar and with email of course but but it was just paper and that was really interesting and and in some ways very very helpful um 
I ended up in uh, I ended up in 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 uh, more or less straightforward Outlook right for a while on on the PC, um, and then over over the years I've tried some other things. Um, I'm now on a Mac uh, these days, so so you know going through a phase where. I moved from a Windows machine to a Mac, and and so I'm using some of the Mac software. Um, uh, flirted, I think, with um, Outlook for Mac plus um, OneNote. And those of you who are familiar with the Microsoft toolset may have may have experience of OneNote or may have heard of OneNote. So OneNote, you know, very tightly integrated with Outlook, and that makes life, you know, really easy as you're moving stuff around. And in my head, what it was going to make sense for, and the, the reason I was quite excited about it was. It's it's a sort of a lightly structured way to hold on to loads of information, and I thought this is great. This is where I'm going to keep my project support material, and this is where I'm going to keep my, you know, the 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 more, the 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 higher volume things that are part of my system. And in theory, that um, you know that worked quite well for a little while. And then what I realized was that the that the friction between um, between Outlook and OneNote, even though again they're they're micros they're both Microsoft tools and they're very tightly integrated, even that friction was getting in the way of my productivity. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, and and uh, you know, as I'm thinking about my own journey, maybe one other thing to say is, uh, you know, the end of the year is coming up. It's not if you got a little bit of time, not a bad time to be thinking about just start over. Right, just start over with a brand new tool and see, see what that does for you. You know, please back up and print out everything you've got, right? Um, so you don't lose anything necessarily. But, um, but that can be very liberating, in my experience. I don't know. What do you reckon? That's not a bad idea at all. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And even even with the same tool, if you started, you know, over overbuilding to some extent, mm. you might want to go back to back to zero. And I've found actually the printout approach. Um, to be an amazing way to do a, a, a what I call a system transition weekly review, which is a big, a big review that involves really scrutinizing those projects, those actions to see, look, is it really stated in a really GTD friendly way? Do I really need all those, you know, six level deep nested folders for all my areas of focus and whatever else? Or, or you know, is there a is there a more slick, straightforward way? you know, to, to do that. And I've certainly been guilty of, of overbuilding. I think at this point, um, I find, you know, I have a low, I have a low frustration tolerance for, uh, the system, um, you know, not, uh, not giving me back what I need quickly and easily. So I've really gotten to where that stuff gets rejected out of my world pretty, pretty quickly. But one recently was that I, uh, I started, um, kind of subdividing my inbox a little bit, kind of going, this is work-based and this is this is personal. Um, and then I just got into a bad habit of moving personal stuff into that personal area during work hours, um, rather than realizing quite a few of those things were two-minute actions. And actually just taking a quick two-minute response on that, um, you know, could easily cut the amount that collects to work on on nights and evenings in half or less. So then I found myself dreading this, bigger inbox as it were of personal stuff that actually you know the number was large but when i got down to it i realized i could have i could have progressed that forward several days ago with a quick two-minute reply mm -hmm. so that was an interesting thing that you know even 20 years out of doing gtd you can fall into these little traps these little things where you go oh that's a you know that could that could be a little enhancement sometimes they are sometimes they are little enhancements um but it's it's you know it can be in, it can be insidious as well as it can be you know pretty 
you know, large scale as well, this, this kind of overbuilding. Um, so yeah, I think people, you know, probably really want to know how will I know that things are overbuilt, you know, and, and how will I zone in? How will I hone in on the, you know, at least one next step or one area that I can look at uh, to potentially simplify my system and therefore streamline my relationship to it. If you were, if you were coaching me, for example, and you were scrutinizing my systems and going in there, what, what would be your strategy to try and figure out where, where I'm experiencing the pain of being overbuilt? What would you look for? Yeah, it's. I think it's a really helpful question. So, so the first thing I, th I think I would do, I, two two approaches come to mind, right? One is um, use the five phase model, what we call the workflow model, <clears throat> to walk yourself through each of those phases and ask yourself the question: In each one of these phases, does it feel to me like this is as effective and efficient and friction free as it could be? Right. So when it comes to capture. How easily and quickly can I get ideas out of my head into some place where I know I will see it again so that I can make a decision about it, right? So does that feel, you know, reasonably friction-free? Um, or does it feel like I've got, you know, I've got eight different inboxes or even just two different inboxes, but because I've got two, I'm not, to your point just a minute ago, I'm not engaging with them helpfully, right? So, so that would be, so that would be one phase. Then, you know, you'd get into clarifying do I, you know, do I have the right tool set so that as I make quest, uh, make um, decisions about these things based on the clarifying questions, um, that I'm in a position to do that effectively and efficiently? Can I, um, you know, can I, or if I think about the organizing phase, does my system have clean edges? Do I have the right lists? You know, do I need to be going back to the point from earlier? Do I need to sort of pare back the number of lists, sort of go back to basics? So, you could use, and again, just to complete the model, if, if I go into reflect, what's it like for me to use my system? Can I trust that my system will be reminding me about the right things at the right times? Can I see the right dials? If you think about sort of the dashboard met, um, metaphor, can I see the right dials at the right moments so that, you know, if I'm getting ready for a board meeting, I have the right reminders in front of me about of the things I need to be reminded about. If I'm getting ready for a, you know, for a, uh, some time at home and I'm feeling like, you know, my DIY, my DIY self is showing up. Am I going to be reminded about the right things at home? Right? Um, and then ultimately, am I in a position to make good decisions <clears throat> about all of that? So that would be one would be use that core model as a, as a way to, to, to atomize a bit, right. To break apart how you're working and make sure that everything feels like it's as friction free as possible. And again, that's, that's the kind of work you know, the, 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 the number of coachings that we as a company do these days with experienced GTDers, uh, an awful lot of the work that we do is that, right? It's just trying to figure that out for people because they've got systems and they don't feel like they're, you know, working to their working as effectively as they could. So that's a, a big part of what we do. So that was thing one thing two, I think would be, um, just take a few things, uh, you know, capture a few things and then very deliberately walk them through the whole process, right? So capture, clarify, organize, reflect, engage, and just make sure, yeah, that again, that feels as friction free as possible. It takes me back quite often when I'm doing coaching with, um, with like an executive and executives assistant team, right? A team of two, um, 
one of the things that we'll do quite often is we'll do, um, I call them case studies, but basically it's just, we've set up a system for the assistant, we've set up a system for the executive, and now what we're gonna do is, okay, an email comes into the executive's inbox, let's walk this through. What exactly is gonna happen? How is, how is a decision gonna get made about what that means? How is the result of that decision process gonna make its way into some sort of an organizational bucket where it's helpful that either the assistant or the executive sees it. Um, so that kind of more, uh, if, if you think about the, the five-phase model as kind of a vertical approach, that's a bit more of a horizontal approach, but I think again, can uh, can come, you know, can help you to come up with some good, uh, some some realization, maybe some inspiration for for change. That's great. Yeah. No, the, the five-phase model is absolutely, I think, really solid and comprehensive way to, to go about all of that. I think that's that's fantastic advice. The other thing I think of is just the threefold nature of, of work as well. You know, of how easy is it for you to define your work? How easy is it for you to work from predefined work? And how easy is it for you to know what interruptions to accept as truly important and timely um, or deal with in terms of just capturing them for later if they weren't truly important and timely? And how easy is it for you to get back to whatever it was you were working on once you've dealt with an appropriate interruption. So I think that's that's um, also another place where you kind of get at the same thing, right? It's where it shows up. It's called, it's all about input and output ultimately. And is that input and output from between you and your system, is that slick or is that, um, you know, is that sluggish basically? Because I think for a lot of people, you know, we're used to kind of pushing systems up hills and we're used to kind of dealing with, you know, something cumbersome. But for your own personal productivity system, man, you have a chance to create a system that's actually, you know, as enjoyable as possible to use. Like, you know, go for it. Go for it. This is your system. I think mm. a lot of people don't realize, yes, GTD is a methodology you learned from someone, someone else, you know, from David, the wonderful inventor of this thing. But the system, as you build it, you know, you have a chance to make it work as close to the the speed of thought as you can as you can get it you know you know that and that it, uh, you were talking earlier and this occurred to me i think maybe the flexibility of gtd in some ways <clears throat> um the, the 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 downside of that is it creates this problem right we're not selling software if we were selling software and we were selling the gtd app right then it would be okay, here you go, there's the app and we'll help you to configure it and off you go. But because we say, no, there's, you know, we, we have the, the thought process and we have the methodology and the, and we, and the various models and we're gonna help you to implement that, right? Because there is that freedom. Some people end up, you know, the wrong end of the spectrum with 82 different tools that do things that overlap and don't work well together, et cetera. Um, so that might be that might be one of the uh, one of the downsides of the freedom that's that's kind of baked into GTD as well. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a good point. Well, we're coming near to uh, our typical time for for uh, how how long we let these guys run and how long we let ourselves riff about all things GTD. Um, just you know, part, parting thoughts on um, on taking this away and and making this practical for those for those listening. Um, so that you can see if you even see if you're overbuilt, you know, in any big or small way um, and, and support yourself in, in, in streamlining the system. 
Yeah, I think, you know, for, for an awful lot of people in the current reality with uh, with a lot more working from home, that, that's kind of being paralleled in a lot of organizations with an additional um, with an additional um, implementation. You know, a lot of organizations are rolling out what we used to call groupware. So things like, you know, Microsoft Teams and Slack and, and, and their ilk. Um, and so sometimes these are new tools that are that are foisted on you. Right. But you can use exactly the same approach, right? Ask yourself the question, what role is this going to play in my new system? Is this something I'm going to use for capture? Is it something I'm going to use for, for organizing? If so, now that it's a, you know, a, a, a team thing, right? Something I'm doing with other people, do I need to have a conversation about how the information in that is organized so that we can all best interact with it? Um, so yeah, I mean, and I think being, uh, being thoughtful and, and a bit ruthless about what the tools are and how you're using them, uh, especially in an environment where new tools are coming at us and, and we're adapting to new ways of working uh, in, the, in the new reality, I think would be, would be helpful. But what do you think? Absolutely, thanks for you know, bringing that up. I think it's such a great point and we could, you know, we could easily do a riff on you know, the intersection of group, group tools with personal tools you know, for, for quite a long time. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, um, it's so worth investing in spending a little time thinking about uh, your tool at the meta level. One of the best ways uh, to do any kind of meta level thinking about GTD is in the weekly review. I think so not just not only just doing the steps to get the system up to date, but using that as a framework or an opportunity to look at and review, you know, how is the system doing? How am I doing with the system? Are, are there lists I avoid? Are there lists I gravitate toward? You know, how easy is it to do a weekly review is often an indication of is your system overbuilt or not? You know, and if it is a short, sharp 60 minute review, you're probably doing pretty well or it's underrepresented in there. <laughs> That's also a possibility. Uh, but if it's a really laborious process, then it, it may be that your systems are overbuilt. So, so look out for that. Well, thank you, Todd. Great conversation as always. Um, for those of you tuned in, um, as I said, we could do all kinds of other topics. We always love to hear from you. If you have thoughts and suggestions, you can just email info at next hyphen action co.uk. That's a great way to reach us. And if you are tuning in, if you're not already subscribed on all the, the pod webs and intercasts and tubes that we're on, uh, be sure to hit subscribe. And then basically we come to you. It would be a really easy way to get to get notified of subsequent uh, subsequent podcasts and other videos that we and our colleagues are, are putting out. For now, uh, from me, from Todd, thanks for, for tuning in. Hope you go and uh, streamline your relationship to your system as best you can um, and get a, get a nice breath of fresh air from doing so. And we'll see you next time.